0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Santa Barbara, California, the combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Santa Barbara, plus syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre-recorded real estate investing classes, not all of them specific to Santa Barbara. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. I am James Orr, your host. And today we are continuing with the series we have on how to improve cash flow. And specifically, today we're going to talk about how to improve cash flow during the stage of marketing your property for rent or rent to own. Really doesn't matter. We're really just talking about the marketing of your property that you have that you're rented out. So if you've kind of been to some of the previous Classes on this topic, we've kind of broken out the how to improve cash flow into several stages. So, for example, we have a stage for when you're searching to buy a new rental property. And we've covered that one already. We went over all the different strategies when you're searching to to buy a property. Then we have a stage where you're financing the property. You found the property now, you're about to go put financing on it, and you're thinking about all the different ways that you might be able to improve cash flow. On your rental property while you're financing it. And that's actually the largest group, has the most number of different strategies for improving cash flow, is the financing section. Then we've covered the um we've covered the section on how to improve cash flow when you're thinking about which real estate investing strategy to use, whether you're doing a lease option or doing house hacking or nomad or niching down to focus on a specific type of clientele or whatever you're doing there. Um, And then we've covered this section on how to improve rental property cash flow when you improve the property, when you could do things to the property itself. Today, we're covering how to improve rental property cash flow when marketing the property, when marketing the property. And then we have two other sections that we've yet to cover, and that is how to improve cash flow for properties that you already own, And then how do you improve cash flow on properties that you're currently renting out? So we'll cover those later on. But today we're focusing in on how to improve rental property cash flow when marketing the property. And honestly, this is going to be a relatively short class because there's really only four things that we can do when we're marketing the property to rent to make sure that we're optimizing the cash flow on it. And those are, number one, make sure that you've optimized the marketing itself which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Make sure that you maximize the exposure you're getting on your property. Make sure that you have like top-notch sales skills to be able to convert inquiries on your property into closed signed leases with tenants or tenant buyers. And then lastly, optimize the showings you have for when you're showing your tenants or te- potential tenant buyers the property itself. Okay, so let's start off, and it's really not that much to cover. I think a lot of these are going to be obvious, but I wanted to make sure we cover them so that we could be comprehensive, because there's about 88 different strategies that we use in order to improve cash flow. Some of them are really obscure, and a lot of people are not going to be thinking about them, and then some of them are really, really obvious in your face, but I want to tell you about them in case maybe they're not obvious to you, or maybe you've not thought about them, or maybe you are, um, you know, you're about to rent your property, or you're about to go buy another rental property, and you're thinking about the different discrete stages, and you're not thinking about these things in advance when you could be preparing for it. For example, maybe you need to do some prep into improving your sales skills and you should do that early on so that you're not overwhelmed trying to close on a property and get the property marketed and rented and all that other stuff and you're also thinking, man, I should probably learn how to, you know, become a better salesperson to be able to, you know, get the tenant or tenant buyer in this property converted into an actual signed lease and a profitable rental. So, uh so let's talk about this. So, optimizing your marketing. And this is really about things like, you know, do you have professional grade photos? I, uh I, I've, I've taught classes before where I show the photos that some people are using on their rentals versus someone who has professional photos. And I ask them, you know, this is actually the same property, the same model. Like I, I know the, the sometimes we have these new construction neighborhoods and you'll have like someone go in there with their old camera. You know, on their on their telephone on on their uh, their cell phone uh, that looks like they've got like Vaseline smeared on the lens, and it's really small and very dark, and they don't even open the blinds, and you know all that sort of stuff. Versus someone who goes and they spend a little bit of money up front to get professional grade photos done one time at the beginning of their property life when they're kind of like got their rental property and it's in the best shape it's going to be, and they kind of like get those photos and they could reuse those photos, and we compare them for the same exact model of a. New construction type of house. One person kind of goes on the cheap. The other one goes and does professional grade photos. And I have people in the class tell me, which one of these would you call on? Which one would you want to rent out? And it's really, really obvious. And sometimes there's not that obvious, but For someone who does a really good job and gets these professional-grade photos and gets, you know, these things done, they use the right lenses, you know, the fisheye lens to kind of make things look bigger and kind of you can see the whole room versus, you know, you're standing in the corner with your phone all the way back and trying to get that done. You know, that doesn't show nearly as well. So, you know, optimizing your marketing includes things like getting professional-grade photos done. Maybe you decide it's worthwhile to get a 3D tour done. I think that it's uh, helpful in a lot of cases to do that. Or maybe you're going to do a video tour where you walk through the property with a video. And that way, you know, when you're marketing the property, maybe when your tenant, prospective tenant calls, you say, look, I'm happy to email you over a video tour of the property, or maybe you include it in the marketing up front and you can give them an opportunity to see it. it might it might improve your conversion ratio once you get them in the property because they've actually gone through video-wise and seen the property and been able to do that. So really... Optimizing the marketing materials you have for the property, whether that's photos or 3D tour or video or flyers or whatever you're going to do, or the the signs you're using in order to do that. In fact, let me go just add those right now as I'm thinking about them. You know the um, flyers and signs. You know all the marketing materials that you might have uh, could actually improve the marketing you're talking about. So whatever you could do to have professional grade marketing, I think is important. The next one on our list here is maximizing exposure. Am I maximizing the exposure of the property when marketing for tenants? You know, we're going to start 60 days early, at least in order to try to find the next tenant when we've got a property that's already in existence. It's hard to do that when you're buying a property and you're closing on it, and you've only got a limited amount of time to do that, and you may or may not have the uh, rights to be able to market the property while the property is under contract, especially if there's a you know a, set, a seller in there with their seller's personal property or the, the tenant's in there, and they definitely don't want you you know marketing their property with that, although maybe the tenant's not moving out. Maybe you're taking over the property that way, but there's lots of variations. So it's really hard to be um, marketing a property when you just buy it in advance. So you're going to have a little bit of exposure. But most of the time, if you've got a tenant in there and your lease says that you have the right to start marketing the property early, we're going to be asking the tenant whether they're planning on renewing and telling them the renewal rate, you know, somewhere about 90 days at least in advance of their lease expiring. And then we're going to tell them, hey, look, if you don't tell us by this date, then we're going to start marketing the property to find a replacement tenant. And so you're going to be starting marketing the property at least 60 days early. So you're going to start 60 days early to do that. So when you start 60 days early, a lot of times we start at like a premium rent to kind of test to see what we get in the marketplace. Well, if you're going to do these things like start really, really early and you're going to start at this premium rent, you have to be maximizing the exposure that you're doing to market this property, which means advertising in all the places that tenants are looking in your marketplace. I'm not going to name specific ones because they may change over time. But I mean, I'll name some of the obvious ones, you know, like places like the Zillow rental marketplace, you know, places like Craigslist, putting yard signs in the yard, doing directional signs, leading up to the property. All the like very traditional things that you know you should be doing, but there probably are other maybe local ones or local solutions that you should be considering. So you got to be talking to other real estate investors and finding out where they're marketing or look at where other people are marketing if you're doing, maybe they're doing Facebook or something like that. Be in all the places where the tenants are looking. Maximize your exposure with your marketing. That is going to be a key to helping you get the rents that you're trying to get. So if we're starting 60 days early and we're starting at this slightly higher than what we might even think we might be able to get, you know, like the top end of the rent range, because rents aren't exact, right? Rents are not like this property will automatically rent for $2,000 a month. No, there's a range, you know, maybe, you know, at the wrong time of year, you're at $1,800 a month. You know, if you're trying to rent this property, you know, right between Thanksgiving and Christmas, in a lot of markets, that's not an ideal time to try to find a tenant. Not a lot of people want to be moving between Thanksgiving and Christmas, especially if there's inclement weather where you live, right? Or think about you're trying to do it between Christmas and New Year's. You know, you your tenant moves out the week before Christmas. You get the property back. By the time you get everything ready to go, it's like the day after Christmas. You're like, okay, now I'm going to put the property up for rent. Probably not getting top of the market rent during that week. If You're trying to fill your property right away. You might be waiting a little while if you've got a, a property that's priced pretty high, trying to do that. So sometimes rents are a little bit lower, depending on time of year and the property itself and everything. Sometimes the rents are a little bit higher. And if you start early enough, we could test toward the high end of that range because rents are not exact. Rents are this rent range. Different properties, different times of year, You know, different conditions going on. If it's really hard for the tenant, for your potential new tenants to get into the property and the current tenant's a slob and their 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 property's kept a mess and really smelly and you know it looks really rough and you can't get good photos or you don't have good photos, yeah, it's gonna impact all these different things. are gonna impact your ability to get that top of the market rent. So you wanna maximize your exposure and do all these other things right, okay? So that's the other one. The next thing is sales skills. Have I mastered the sales skills required for phone selling my property to tenants and tenant buyers, and in-person salesmanship to maximize what I can get for rentals and minimize vacancy. This is a skill. Don't be fooled. It it is a salesmanship skill. Salespeople have a slight advantage in this particular part of the investing because you need to be good on the phone. You You need to be able to ask the right questions. Answer the questions, build rapport, build trust, demonstrate that you are going to be a good, responsive, reasonable landlord, landlady. So it's a sales skill type of thing. And if you don't have these sales skills, maybe you should hire this particular part out. Maybe you should hire a professional property manager who could do this, who has those skills. Or become a master at them yourself. Go study salesmanship. You know, all the stuff that real estate agents use in order to improve their sales skills, those are the same types of materials you may want to study. Not because you're, you know, explicitly doing the exact same job, but it's similar type of um kind of like skill, like the the idea of going and building rapport and building trust with a potential buyer or in this case tenant, and what you're trying to kind of get them to feel comfortable buying and renting this property from you depending on which one you're on, okay? So mastering the skills for on the phone and then also mastering the skills for when you're in person and you're showing someone around a property and you're answering questions and you're kind of transitioning, you're doing your your closing to get them to fill out the paperwork, fill out an application, fill it out correctly, make sure that they're qualified and make sure that they sign the lease so that you can kind of shepherd them through the whole process. This is a sales skill. Okay. And it will impact your ability to get top-of-the-market rents, kind of like average rents or below-market rents, and whether you're going to minimize your vacancy or you're going to have a lot of vacancy. So it impacts, definitely impacts your ability to get great cash flow, to optimize cash flow on your property. And the last one is optimizing showings. Showing a unprepared property will result in sub par performance you need to make sure that the property is appropriately prepared for showings is it well lit are all the light bulbs working i mean like obvious stuff when you kind of like do the showings do you open up all the blinds to get sunlight in so that someone doesn't come in and say wow this place is really dark like i I don't think i'd want to live here it just seems really gloomy and and poorly lit you know especially if your tenant has got like They like it dark in their bedroom or something like that. You need to go in there and make sure that the place is well lit, that people can see in there and make sure that it looks good and that it smells good. If your tenant is not the most clean, if your current tenant is not the most clean kind of tenant in the thing, maybe you have to do something about that. Or if it's a vacant property, definitely do something about that. Make sure the property smells good. Make sure all the repairs are done on the property you're setting the tone for the relationship you have with the tenant when you're showing them the property. If you're the type of landlord that has all these different deferred maintenance items that are left undone, that is signaling to the current prospective tenant or tenant buyer that that's the type of landlord you are and that things are not done. They're not repaired. So make sure that these things are done. Make sure that it's clean. Make sure that it's neat. Maybe reward your current tenant for helping you keep the property clean, neat, smelling good, well lit, and let you know if there's any repairs that need to be done so that you can do them before you do these showings so that you can get maximum rent, okay? So those are the tips we got for improving cash flow when marketing your property. Remember, optimizing cash flow is really about maximizing the income we have on the property and minimizing the expenses, and when you're marketing a property, you're really helping with both. You're trying to get that very top of the edge, top of the rent range rent, and you're trying to minimize any vacancy you have by getting the property occupied in a reasonable amount of time. So you're really working for both ends when you're marketing a property. Minimizing your exposure, or maximizing your exposure, I should say, when marketing your property helps you maximize that income you could generate from your property. So it's it's really better to think about all these different stages for optimizing cash flow Take a more holistic approach and optimize at various stages to make sure that you're getting the maximum rent through all the different parts of buying your rental property and getting it rent there. All right, so that's all I got for you. This has been James Orr. I hope you enjoyed this class and I hope you implement some of the strategies to improve your cash flow. That's all I got for you for now. Bye-bye for now. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up, and rents up, but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates. Cash flow on rental properties in Santa Barbara